Game Boys. Hey there, Internet. Welcome to another episode of the Game Boys Podcast. My name is Lux and I'm your host. And joining me as always, it's the wet clapping clammy hand man. It's Griffin Davis. Mm, you know what else has clammy little hands? Uh, our, our, our new bay superstar baby yoda oh yeah cool that you did actually very cool that you landed that because i pivoted my intro as soon as you said clammy hands before we started talking i know i was expecting you to hit me with the baby well that's what my original plan was i'm glad we got there anyway it's All so right, well, good let's, let's go Vera back what was, loves it what was your intro go back let's do it again what was it oh yeah it's uh joining me as always the vice president of the baby yoda fan club it's griffin davis okay well well because i want to talk about how verna herzog is the real president Oh yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like that he got there and cried. <laughs> yeah, but he also hasn't seen a single John Favreau movie, which is also incredible. I think he's very good. It's funny how much Werner Herzog hates nature but loves Baby Yoda. I think Disney needs this kind of energy on their sets. Someone who has never seen it, one of their movies and doesn't care to just like ground them to let them know that like real people exist. Have you watched any Mando? Uh, I keep falling asleep and waking, telling someone to wake me up for the baby Yoda parts. Um, and that's what's been happening so far. I've had a crazy week. I am going to check it out. Um, it's been taking the internet by storm. You know, I think we have reached sort of a new point in, in Star Wars fandom. You know, a lot of people, they, they chart Star Wars in, in sort of like the, the prequels episode by trilogy by trilogy. I kind of chart Star Wars by like, um, new evolutions of Yoda. You know, first we had puppet Yoda, right? Then we had CGI Yoda and we learned an attack of the clones that he could fight and spin around. And now we've reached the next evolution of Yoda, which is baby Yoda, the most powerful Yoda yet operating on sort of a Majin Buu scale um, of power. Right. Like, and, like, like Buu Jr. or Junior Buu. Yeah. Is, yeah, sure. I get that. So it's a new generation of Yoda, and I think it's a big deal. And I, I think it's going to be better than anything that comes out in the Star Wars movie in December. Yeah, I mean, I've only seen one episode, but they've got a blacksmith, and you know how much I love forging. Oh, um, it's a lot. <laughs> um, uh, it's a lot. Yeah. Well, uh, well, we should probably introduce uh, our guest. It's been so long returning... we have one. I forgot how we do I it. I know. Yeah. Yes. Also, it's someone else here, too. Won't that be nice for the listeners? Uh, we're back at Wisecrack. Welcome back, Jared Bauer. Thanks, man. Yeah. I was excited that you guys invited me. I love this podcast. Oh, well, thanks, and dude. We needed, we needed someone... Uh, we needed someone that, you know, could really tackle uh, the game this week on on the psychological level, on, on the spiritual level, uh, you know, someone who appreciates culture and uh, the meanings behind it. Oh, man. It. Now you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> well, also, you have to say the smart things. Consistent hit rate of being the guy who comes on whenever there's a major release. Yeah, major release. Yeah, this is the second one in a row where we're playing a game that I'm only like, 15 hours into mm -hmm. it's exciting yeah but uh, i'm like about where i am too just binge the whole thing in two days mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> so we're and all we'll, in a more similar place we'll, and we'll get to the game but as always what have you been playing this week well i've been playing <laughs> death stranding that's yeah. pretty much it uh yeah I'm, i i don't usually play multiple games at a time sure so i was really waiting for death stranding for a while so spoiled by 2018 with video games with god of war red dead 2 spider-man it was just hit after hit after hit this year i think i mentioned this last time i was on the podcast it was relatively dry mm -hmm. i don't think i had played a video game since 
since Fire Emblem came out. Wow. My girlfriend and I were dabbling with like, oh, oh, maybe we should play Alan Wake. You know, mm-hmm. you ever try to play a game that's like 10 to 15 years old and you're into it for a while. But then for some reason, the lack of novelty just makes it not fun. Yep. And so we didn't get very far into that. And then we tried to say, oh, what if we replay Dark Souls 3? That didn't get very, we're not replay. That suggests that we've beaten it, which we haven't. Uh, but yeah, so. You guys were in a rut. So we were in a rut. And, <laughs> video uh, game wise. Video game, video game wise. <laughs> and uh, we were just waiting with bated breath for Death Stranding. And so now that's what I'm playing. Incredible. And that, is your girlfriend also a fan? Are you guys playing together? Yeah, we are. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, she's a Kojima fan. Yeah. So. Great. Well, we'll get more into that. Lux. Have you been playing anything other than Death Stranding this week? I know oh, I have we've all been because, busy. Uh, I've been uh, working a lot, and I think we talked on the show that the more I'm working, the less I'm sleeping. Not because work takes up sleep time, but just because of how my brain go. So I've needed some stuff, to, something to calm down with. So I've been catching Mons, baby. I've been catching oh. Mons left. I've been catching Mons right. I've been catching Mons during the day, catching Mons at night. Swo or she? I am a fully sword boy, dude. I love to forge a blade. Hell yeah. Um, it's it's really fun, man. It's it's um we'll get in more into it because we're gonna do an episode sometime soon. But like <sighs> it's yes. uh it's just such a fun version. It's it does it just has a lot more like flavor and personality than like most Pokemon games do. Like you're a lot more in it and the characters have a little bit more tone, and it's just like a lot more like alive. Like for instance, you're going around collecting gym badges, and there's like a central town, and every time you go back there, the people's reaction to you is like bigger the more badges you have. Hell yeah. Like when I first show up, they're like clout sharks. Yeah, when I first, exactly mad cloud sharks. I show up at the <laughs> beginning, they're like, Hey, look, some kid. And now I show up and they're like, Oh, it's that guy with all the badges. That's a man. <laughs> yeah, now, oh, he puberty on Route 9. I wish I wish I could get some kind of badge to have people respect me in that way. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I, I it's guess a that's why people fan- become it's cops. It's a video game fantasy that I get to live. Yeah. Where people think I'm cool and have achieved uh, badges. Yeah. Um, and you're not missing you're not missing the missing Pokemon. No, I'm not. I've always, <laughs> I've been a believer that reducing the decks actually was kind of a good call. Yeah. Re- um, reduce, that just like, yeah. let me live in this world. I don't need to re recreate the past for myself. Mm-hmm. Let me form a whole new bond with a whole new uh, sort of set of Pokemon. Yeah. Let's abolish the student decks. Uh, well, in terms of what I've been playing this week, Lux. I haven't played much of anything. Uh, I did get a nice co-op session of Luigi's Mansion 3 where me and uh, my friend Josh, who played Guigi, uh, played together. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a great co-op because uh, most of the puzzles do have to be solved w- with Guigi and Luigi. So you really do feel like you're working together and one person isn't like arbitrary. You both have the same amount of powers. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. It's so like people claim that like Super Mario Odyssey had co-op, but that just meant that like one of you got to be the hat which barely did anything it actually made it way easier if you had one person focusing on the hat a yeah. lot of those boss battles were so much easier for sure yeah. yeah i'm sure it made it easier but i don't know if it like gave the same sense of like autonomy and like achievement yeah uh, but with this one like if you're single player you have to like split yourself between and switch back and forth playing at co-op 
almost is the most ideal way to play the game. Um, and it might be one of my favorite new uh, two-player experiences. So I highly recommend that if you're looking for someone to play with a friend. Um, but that was what we've been playing. I think we should warm up with a little bit of everyone's favorite new segment. Welcome back to Toxic or Toxic. Jared, as you know, you got to give me one of two reactions. You either got to say toxic if you think the new segment is bad incel, gamer culture, uh, like the Joker movie, but like just like <laughs> doing the stairs and Instagramming it. Um, or if it's do, 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 toxic. As in the Britney Spears song, which is a hit, a banger, and a slap, and a good thing. Uh, new story number one. Speaking of Pokemon, a new a new character appears in the new Pokemon game called Cursola, which is a ghost version of the once vibrant Corsola. The new Pokemon is the product of runaway climate change and the coral bleaching that came with it. <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. So you're telling me that what is the name of the Pokemon world? Uh, uh, like, that, so like, is climate change a thing in that world? Yes, climate change okay. is also a thing in that world. Sure. Then. Yeah, there is in fact in one game a whole group of people who want to solve climate change by either turning all the land to water or turning all the water into land. My sure. favorite all ethos. Right. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's cool yeah. for Pokemon to like teach kids. Tell yeah, teach kids that like, hey, don't destroy the planet. Um, and I, I think Pokemon sometimes teaches kids, don't worry if there's no animals IRL. We got the good ones right here. Um, but this is a great story. I'm giving it a do 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 do. Uh, new story number two: sales for streaming console Google Stadia are far below expectations. <laughs> okay, that's a stupid expectation. <laughs> uh, that to me is do 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 because yeah. fuck that system. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just it just rubs me the wrong way mm -hmm. because it just seems like a technology play by Google that they're flexing some technology that nobody wants. They don't offer anything new to the gaming experience other than it's on screens that you wouldn't normally have it on. I just I'm not looking forward to that system at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like I just like I don't know. I just think I like having the option of owning my games. Like yeah. I just think that that's good to have. Yeah. And for for me it's like I, I just constantly hear this and with VR2 I'm like who is this for? Like this is for a very like select group of people that have like the 4K monitor on the on, like PC. Like like why don't they just do stuff on the PC then if they're like getting all the gear to play Stadia. It just doesn't make sense. And it's not like offering anything that consoles don't already offer. Yeah, I'm not following this very closely, but do they have they announced even one exclusive that anyone gives a shit about? They have one like original game that's only for the Stadia. That's seems not like a great first party thing. Uh, and then there's only like 22 games offered on the beginning of service which is all old games yeah it was your games you can get on any other console already uh yeah, well, the best thing about <laughs> it was their most recent press release was basically just like a catalog of all the things they won't have right and i think people just forget that like when you release a console like a console is made by like the ips that yeah. come out that first year like xbox is xbox because of halo like like it was a halo machine like people bought the switch because they had to play breath of the wild like you have to have you have to have like a bullets in the chamber, like right at the beginning, or no one's gonna feel the need to get it. I don't no, understand you need that, like game changing banger right away, to, like establish trust in the platform. Yeah, I don't understand why they don't just buy a really awesome studio like Sony bought or bought a significant share in 
uh, they bought a significant share in Squaresoft at the time, and then they bought Naughty Dog. Just do that, right? Yeah. Just buy. Just spend you're, them, you're just Google. Spend you have money. you have infinite money. Okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, after some whispers earlier in the week, Valve has come out and confirmed the company's working on a new title called Half Life Elix, which it describes as a flagship VR game. So Half Life Three is VR. I mean, I think that's do 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 do. Yeah, that sounds I'm like still, it could be cool. I'm still like a big time like I think VR could be cool person. Oh, of course. It's a matter of when the game will come out. The game is the one that converts not only VR skeptics but gaming skeptics when they just find themselves immersed in a world and they're like, "Okay, this is something I can't say no to." Yeah, I mean, also the the price point on like a solo VR setup has to come way down. Way down. Yeah, <laughs> um, well, especially like, for the quality. Right. Where yeah. it is right like, now. PSVR is pretty good and reasonably ish affordable. But like if you want like the real shit, like the HTC Vive or something, you need like 1300 bucks or whatever. Like get a computer that supports all the stuff and link it to the VR machine. You know, like if that was all like a turnkey single stop thing, I think that would make this a lot easier also. Yeah. And for me, I just wish they'd skip a few steps and just like plug it into the back of my head. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm waiting you know, for. Just if get it's the not frame that, rate right. If it's not that, it's not worth yeah. 1300 bucks. <laughs> if I'm not getting jacked <laughs> in. Yeah. Um, I need like little metal hooks with sparks on the end to jack into the sides of my head. <laughs> if, I'm not, if I'm not getting a hangover when I reenter the real world, then it's not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're not playing with a vomit bucket. Sick for days. Uh, okay. Okay, and finally, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order bugs are forcing players to start the entire game over. So there's two zones in this in this game that you can accidentally reach and then be trapped in because you don't have the powers to proceed. Well, these days they can just patch that, right? Yeah, it's going to be patched, but uh, several players um, have already had it's had to, like, they're like 50% way into the game and they have to start over. I mean, that sucks. That's definitely toxic. <laughs> However, I'll say that that's happened to me before with a different Star Wars game. That happened to me with Knights of the Old Republic 2 on Xbox, mm-hmm. and they were not patching shit back then. Nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, like, you can't... The people who buy your game at the beginning are the people who are really into your game. And it seems so shitty for those to be the people who get trapped in this horrible thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Like they're the ones who are like fucking Star Wars. And actually, now that I'm saying it out loud, maybe if they're all like fucking Star Wars, they deserve to be trapped in a bad dimension <laughs> for a little bit. Yeah. No one here likes Star Wars. But this is cool. also why multiple save files people. Sure. Yeah, yeah, always. I always uh, three on every game. I have three hard drives plugged in too, and I'm I'm backing it all up, guys. Um, well, thank you for playing Toxic or Toxic. I I feel like we agreed on all the issues. I don't feel like there's any controversies or really any butting of heads. Seems like we're all pretty much synced up, aligned, ready to operate some kind of three man Jaeger from Pacific Rim. So I think we should get into. The game this week, it's a new game, and to sort of commiserate the honor and kind of the essence of this game, I think I need to pull something in my backpack. Um, that's right. Oh. Um, I have, uh, for our <laughs> listeners, I've brought some ice-cold monsters uh, for the occasion. 
That's right. And uh, I'm going to force you to take a sip of this. I, I literally can't. I told you I have a sleeping problem. I can't drink caffeine this late. Yeah. There's no way. Well, then I will drink all three for us. Okay. I, bought, I got Go one in it. honor of Lux, too. But we can at least cheers. Yes, I will. We, we can hey. cheers to the, the honor of Death Stranding and, and, and gamer this culture. This is a good poll. Um, what a gross drink. It is my least favorite uh, It'll energy drink. It'll your blood count, though. Let me, uh, oh, really? Well, oh, in cure cancer. Oh, okay. Because yeah. then it gives you the extra blood bar or something. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, it boosts your, it boosts your, uh, whatever that one's called, the oh. HP. I think it's just health. That is awful. Wow. Yeah. Oh, all energy You're drinks not gonna be able to like sleep pee, tonight. but monster no, tastes the most like pee. Uh, this tastes exactly like urine, and we'll talk more about <laughs> that right after this. In 1986, a young Hideo Kojima was hired by Konami to design and write Metal Gear for the MSX2. The game laid the foundation for the stealth genre, and the Metal Gear series grew over the next three decades into a cultural phenomenon. By the mid-2010s, Kojima was undoubtedly one of the greatest auteurs in gaming, but in 2015, he was betrayed by Konami, the very company that he devoted his life's work to. According to Konami, Kojima was becoming difficult to work with and demanded larger and larger budgets for ideas that seemed unmarketable to the arrogant and out-of-touch board members of Konami, who probably wished they were making some Call of Duty game. They ousted him from the company, and Kojima was forced to open his own independent studio. Kojima retreated into the shadows, and began releasing trailers to a new game that seemed, well, insane. Nightmare images of babies in tubes, combined with a large cast of Hollywood actors and zero information on gameplay, led many haters to believe the project would never be finished. But this week, Kojima proved all the haters wrong and released his unshackled vision of what a video game can be. This week, it's Death Stranding. <laughs> Wow, the monster really <laughs> fucked me up. It's like so <laughs> literally turned you into not for a second. Mm. Oh, he chugs these in the game. He like he does pulls them out of the fridge and just guzzles one down. Mm -hmm. That would be an immediate panic attack for me. Uh, yeah. Drinking one of these. Yeah, yeah. I fucking hate the taste of all energy drinks. I love. I love. Yeah, I love that. Like ten minutes before this, you were like, "Yeah, I've been having trouble sleeping." And I'm like, "Monster energy, <laughs> yeah. let's go." Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, 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 I used to love best. cold brew coffee and I haven't yeah. had any caffeine in weeks. Mm. Sad. No, it's probably for the best. Yeah. Um, but wow. This game, yeah, guys. This game fucking rips. I just want to say, I feel like big picture, like everyone was gaslighting Kojima this whole time. Like this game actually didn't take that long to get made. They actually started making it in 2017. So it's like two and a half year cycle. This game makes for a game sense. Big and crazy. That's pretty good. I think the game makes sense. I think it I makes. I'm not, I'm not far enough into the story to know whether or not it makes sense. I f am assuming there's going to be some big curveballs if it's a Kojima sure. game. How yeah. far are you? I'm like about 10, 15 hours in as well. Like, what chapter? Well, that, I think I'm at the end of two. Or maybe okay, started. so I'm actually farther than all of you. I'm on okay. chapter five. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm on chapter two. I'm happy. I yeah. get what's going on. I'm having fun. Like I think overall, like there was so much negative like feedback and response to like whatever this game was going to be. And like, I think everyone just expected it to be like, like dumb, boring and like just a bunch of like a bunch of build up for nothing. I think it's delivering so far. What yeah, do we, okay, so, so how much did you know about like it before you played? I mean, I watched all these trailers that make no sense. 
Okay. Me too. I didn't yeah. know that the game was a package delivery simulator. That was news <laughs> to me. I bought the game and then found that out. Incredible. Yeah. And did you, you I knew mean, that? Uh, I knew of it. I didn't know to what level we were going to be delivering these packages. <laughs> yeah, I just like, in the sense of like, I knew that you played a guy who delivers packages. I didn't, I didn't know, that. know how much package delivering you would be doing. I watched the first trailer, mm -hmm. saw Norman Reedus, saw the baby, saw Kojima's name, yeah. and I said, I'm in. Well, speaking <laughs> of packages, we should unpack this story a little bit. Um, who wants to who wants to start that off? I mean, I can I can handle this. It's in the future, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's been like various sort of like weird disaster like emergent disasters of these like monsters and there was like this weird rain, all this stuff is happening and you play as a delivery guy who sort of goes between cities of what's left of the United States in this weird hell, hell apocalypse world. Um, slowly but surely like going on this quest of like, I guess recreating like ideas of community in places. I guess since I'm not as far as Jared, maybe Jared can, can help me out here a little bit, but like basically you're just going around like slowly facilitating the existence of like life in this world and then like getting deeper and deeper into the sort of this grand ambition of recreating the United States and reconnecting everything. Yeah, you're just building roads, connecting people, basically connecting people to to a greater network, creating an actual idea of like a United Cities, as they call it. Yeah, I mean, it's a extremely optimistic, very wholesome game where and I love the element where not only the character's mission is to literally connect people via roads and uh, resources and stuff like that but every all your efforts are aided by other players on the internet and that's so cool hell yeah right, yeah that's the thing that i can I, i'm most excited to talk about is sort of the asynchronous multiplayer dude and i, I actually uh, yeah. i want to know how it works do you know i have like, no idea either I, I don't know how um, it works either i don't know how it works in dark souls either like when there's messages in the ground a little bit about how it works but like let's say there's a road that you want to build and it's like a thousand a thousand medals out of three thousand i mean that's not being updated live and if it is is it does the game just say all right these a hundred players are all on a network together and they're building this road right or i, I don't or like is it because i've yeah, noticed I think it, it randomly select i mean i think you can specifically like talk to people and like add them to your network or whatever just by like playing with or whatever but i think it mostly randomly selects other users and and so wait is it the same set of users for your entire map or only certain roads or that certain would be hilarious projects? if you got locked into a really trolley group of of builders that like only put ladders the wrong place or something like, yeah God, i'm just on the worst version of this i'll <laughs> say that i mean that's probably going to happen right there there's been a few trolls in my experience already okay i haven't experienced that yet right now it's been very wholesome yes um like on one of the first missions i like was looking up and I was like, is that a ladder? It was my first time even using one. And my homeboy Igor, some player named Igor put three ladders in the most perfect spots to get me over this hill. Uh, and it did feel like, I don't know, it, it, it it's this kind of, um, this whole game is a hiking simulator and yeah. this moment felt very similar to when you're on a hike and another hiker has left something for you or left a marker or a sign. Uh, and that's like very, I think parallel and culture, like in that thing, like one thing that I used to do a lot of is this thing called geocaching. Uh, have you ever heard of this? The name sounds familiar. So this is, this is one of the funniest Griffin facts that <laughs> could possibly exist. Geocaching is people put little things in boxes and then hide them in the real world. And you on an app get riddles 
and then follow solve the riddles to find them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you like open up a pouch and like you sign your name in it and like you can like put something in and take something out. So you go on the hunt or you create the hunt? You can do both. You can oh. be a creator and like create ones that are hidden. So like most of these are on hiking trails and stuff. Mm. But these are kind of like the same thing. It's like you're like leaving something with like kind of an ID tracker out there in the wild to like, you know, like leave a sign out there for someone else. And like that's super cool. Uh, I dig that a lot. Uh, but yeah, going back to the story, uh, I guess you're like mom is like the president of like Time Warner Cable right. America slash well, Amazon. That's was, like that's what I was about to say. And like you're just like, spreading when Jared says this internet. is like a very wholesome game. It's also a game that opens with like you Guillermo del Toro telling you to deliver morphine to your like cancer ridden president mom. Yeah. And then to kill a baby. Yeah. <laughs> so it like is wholesome in a lot of ways, but it's also like, whoa, what the fuck? Um, but all the what the fuck stuff feels very uh like natural and like of a piece with everything else. Yeah, to me the wholesome stuff, like I think that is what makes the weird and the sad stuff like work even more. Like I think like to make me actually vibe on 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 drama like it's nice to have weirdness and comedy and like that's what i like about this one is like i just made these dumbass glasses and made them like hot pink and i put them on norman so like all these conversations that are like supposed to be very serious look ridiculous i don't know there's like something funny to that 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 kind of combination i think it works for me yeah i was actually looking forward to Kojima's brand of humor in the games. And I'm actually finding it less often than I expected. Okay. Um, especially when compared to some of the Metal Gear games. But mm -hmm. again, I even I because there's like 14 chapters, right? And I'm only on chapter five. Yeah. I feel like I'm very early on in the story. I feel like I've only gotten bits of exposition still. Yeah. But okay. I have actively not gotten it because all I've been doing is making stuff and like participating in the weird asynchronous universe. Right. Yeah. You can spend a lot of time doing that stuff for sure. No, um, you, yes. Yeah. But like this game so far, I haven't like done any like shooting in it or anything like that. Like, you haven't, have you gotten the bola gun yet? No, I haven't. That's the but first yeah, time the you'll be doing any kind of shooting. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it comes in handy when you're trying to get away from those mules. Yeah. Which are rival delivery men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just like imagine in like there's a it, it is honestly like the most like post-apocalyptic like capitalist future. It's just like rivaling UPS and FedEx guys like battling to the death over packages. Do you ever find it weird that you don't really interact with any other people? Are we to believe that? I mean, I guess this is what we're meant to believe, but it's strange that we don't actually see any remnants of it, that these bases that you're driving to are the entrances to vast underground cities where the why don't we ever see any of that? It is weird that they only come up on holograms. Yeah. It's like especially for a game about connection. Yes. And um, not in like, you know, moving past alienation. Right. Reconnecting. Yeah. I'm wondering if there's going to be some sort of a weird twist. Some twist on that. That, that there are no the peop people. There are no cities there's underneath no there. Left. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just like the final thing I want to say about my first 10, 15 hours. I'm sure you're right. There will be some Kojima twists. But like this story makes sense to me so far. It's a post-apocalypse that's interesting. It has some weird quirks to it and some weird rules. Like I like that the rain makes people age. And I like that like when bodies die, you have to like get rid of them or they'll explode load and like yeah. kill a bunch of people like all those specifics are like really interesting well, and i like that as far as i am the weapons you get and stuff like that are all non-lethal precisely because like if people die then 
fucking there's a huge explosion so like everyone's weapon is like a stun not kill right well that is not technically true you do get lethal weapons um but they just tell you don't fucking use them or shit will go bad but are you reading the interviews i have a very small trivial complaint about this game and maybe it's because i don't have a 4k tv or something when you're playing is the text too small it's too small because sorry i feel like a lot of the lore that i'm not entirely clear on because I think Kojima is a pretty skilled writer and he doesn't want things to be too on the nose. And so a lot of times he's kind of circling around what exactly the Death Stranding is. And then he gives you this little interview and then you can read that and you'll get the textbook definition of what happened. I'll literally lose my eyesight if I try to read that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's too small as well. Uh, but I also don't seek out reading in gaming as much as possible and one of the things that was a little overwhelming was the amount of menus that popped up when i did the delivery and stuff and i did have this brain check in my mind was like okay i'm gonna have to learn whatever's going on here in a way that not really no okay it it all it accumulates likes yeah that's it yeah is that it yeah okay you you mean every time you turn in a quest and then it's like here's all your stats and stuff yeah i mean i even i don't know yeah if it doesn't matter i I just look at the letter a s c whatever Uh that's how good i did yeah only look for s yeah so here's one a thing i wanted to to ask is that like so everyone i think went in this game with like pretty insane expectations whether like high low weird whatever do you have like a moment that stands out that was like the moment when you were like oh shit uh, this game i fucks with it it's as good or as i want it to be or it's better than i expected or whatever was that target- I definitely do have one part where I was like, oh, I get it. Was that targeted towards me? I think it's tar- targeted towards either of you. I think it's attack on both of us. I would yeah, say. Yeah, it's a personal attack, Griffin. You're right. <laughs> to me, it's kind of the opposite. Me not knowing anything about this. I mean, I've always. I, I put Kojima in a tr- in a class of what I call troll auteurs who kind of just get off at trolling the audience. I would also put Lars von Trier in this category as well as perhaps even Trey Parker. But. <laughs> I can't help but think that the fact that the game is a package delivery simulator is a little bit of a troll in the (laughs) same way that, you know, Solid Snake in whatever night in 2002 when Metal Gear Solid 2 was coming out. Solid Snake was the most beloved video game character ever. All the trailers showed him. And then Kojima says, guess what? You only get to play as him for an hour and then you get to play this other fucking guy, Raiden. Right. And I remember reading in an EGM article. That Kojima said, and this has actually stuck with me, he says, you know, when you're dealing with expectations that are seemingly limitless, you have to deliberately disappoint the audience in some abrasive way. I don't know if he ended up sticking by that decision because I still think it's one of the more controversial decisions in gaming. But I did get this sensation of I am playing this game and I am being punished by Kojima in a sense. And we live in a world where... We're very disconnected. We live in a world where most games are extremely violent. We live in a world where most video game experiences are not positive, are not about strengthening community, are not about strengthening bonds, are not about building bridges between one another. Except and, for WoW Classic. Except for oh, yeah, WoW Classic. Okay, guilds. <laughs> uh, and so when I'm here playing this game, expecting some kind of really engaging, fast-paced actiony thing and the first 10 hours of the game are literally me having to press l2 and r2 to balance myself so i don't drop some fucking boxes i feel like i'm being punished and then after only 10 hours do i say to kojima 
thank you, sir. May I have another? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Beats you into liking it. Yeah. Because yeah. to me, it was a gradual thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't have an aha moment. I had a, all right, I'm going to keep doing this. I've read that the first 10 hours suck. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep doing this. I mean, I, it was definitely interesting. I was intrigued. I would probably, even if the game was boring the whole way through, I would have kept playing just based on my curiosity. Mm-hmm. But eventually I reached a point where I was like, you know what? This is kind of relaxing and really rewarding. Yeah. And it maybe it was after building a particular road or or getting better equipment for after sure. delivering packages. Mm-hmm. But you got it, it was flow. not it was not a single moment for me. Okay. I would say the only s- single moment was the beginning of the game and I was like, "Oh, this is the game." For sure. Yeah. There's two moments for me. The f- one of them was one of the first missions. Uh spoiler, your president mom Amazon uh Mrs. Bezos uh dies and they're like, "Well, we have to get rid of her body or it's going to explode." And so they wrap her up and they strap her to your back and you just start running with your dead mom on your back and you're trying to balance without crashing your dead mom <laughs> and this music starts playing and it shows the yeah, band and the song good. name yeah. and I'm just like, "This is a full experience unlike any other and yeah. i love it for that like yeah. and I, I think that was what like that moment and then it was also this cinematic where um norman Reedus is hiding in a cave with uh with that the the female character i don't think i've learned her name yet she has a spike something shoulders ex- uh something um, express yeah uh but they're hiding and there's like pop prints of like the ghosts coming towards them and then that scene like goes on for another 10 minutes there's like oh no now there's more paw prints going this way and like they're just it's like it was almost like a comedy scene to me like i was really just into it because it just like the scene just never stopped uh and it's just i just love it i'm loving the vibe uh i i would describe this game as like a like a choom like a choom like a it's like the game is like games now are like they're so instant gratification, getting stuff, action, action. This game like really asks you to like take a step back and like meditate on this experience um, and and asks you to slow down. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, that's that kind of speaks to what my like wow moment was about this this game, which was very early on was actually in, like the tutorial level part where I was running and like lost balance and fell up a rock. Um, (laughs) And a couple of things about that stuck out to me. One is like, that just felt very true to my life experience as someone who falls down a lot. Um, But also like it takes things that we take for granted in games like that. The walking mechanic, you're always walking the same way. That movement is like normative and like built into like just what buttons you press and all this stuff and like problematizes and like gamifies those very like taken for granted elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that was just like such a cool thing, like a, such a cool element of the game. Yeah. That like it, it makes the thing that we all take for granted about games. Like no one plays call of duty being like, how does walking work? It's like, how does sure. do gun go? And how is aiming be? Yeah. But like this game makes everything like a question of mechanics in a way that I thought was like really fucking cool. And as soon as that happened, I was like, Oh, I, I love this game. <laughs> Just the sheer balls to take two elements of gaming that are largely not people's favorite. <laughs> one, fetch quests, and two, inventory management and make that the whole game (laughs) i mean to just lean into that hardcore and say you know what i'm gonna make this engaging and potentially revolutionary 
I mean, he's the man for a reason. Yeah, exactly. Who else could do it other than him? Uh, for me, one thing that another reason I was skeptical was like, oh, God, if this is like real is real, realistic walking, it's just going to feel shitty, clunky and awful. But Norman still feels great to play. Like, yeah. he does have he's he's strong as hell. Um, when he gets going, he really gets a good like uh, sprint going. Uh, he just he feels good to play. And when you do trip, it is because you're not paying attention to the terrain. Uh, and so, like, I am enjoying uh, the movement and I don't feel uh, I don't feel like it's uh, a negative. I feel like it's the whole game and <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I'll also say so. First of all, I, I don't know how far you are in terms of the equipment that you've gotten, but the equipment that you get really makes a difference. It okay. makes it a lot easier. I don't have you gotten any of the bionic legs no, yet? No, none of that. Okay. You're going to fucking love it when you get okay, that shit. Great. It makes your life so much easier. But just in terms of how this game has affected me in my real life, like I appreciate roads a lot more th- in my real life now than I would, which sounds like a redundant, silly thing to say, but this game makes you experience firsthand how much it sucks to not have roads and how awesome it is to have roads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no, it totally does. It, like, that's the thing is it makes everything feel so cool and good. I've been saying roads are great for the longest time. Lux, remember when we remember when we did that uh, Goblin Slayer video like almost a year ago? That's the, the your yeah. whole peace theory thing. This is what this game reminds me of. Yeah, totally. The idea that like there's all these infrastructural kind of things that do violence by not existing or by existing. And like these things are so important beyond like the conflicts of like, right, because that video, the argument was like, it's important to get rid of goblins because goblins make the roads impassable or whatever. And right. roads matter. And just in this that, game, it's like roads matter. Right. Like the, the, um, I don't need the, to fight the boss. I need to make sure that you can get from like new not city to wherever. Yeah. We're like experiencing the heroism of your average sanitation worker who is a fucking hero because someone has to do it. And if no one did it, shit would be horrible. Literally. Literally. Um, I guess where we're going, we do need roads. <laughs> okay. Wow. Wow, Griff. <laughs> okay. Truly uh, the walking deadest of all men. Yeah. Or um, grateful deadest of all men. Whoops. So the walking in my opinion feels great um i love that we now have to str- figure out how to strap stuff onto our backs and then it's visually signified um and i'm also just like addicted to the very video game setup they said of look here's the map here's all the bases connect them all and i'm like i have to connect them all now like there's just this like weird little ugh, like urge i have now to complete this game because they just laid it out in an exciting way so i want to i want to make sure the internet goes everywhere you know um but there's some other trolls in this game uh fast travel being one of them yeah I've never used it. You never use it. Honestly, no. it might take longer to, to use it because there's like five cinematics uh, that you have to skip through oh, really? in order to like do a fast travel. Yeah, I'm just too cheap. I don't want to give up all my equipment, have to rebuy it when I get back, when I get to the place I'm going to. Is that how that works? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. You lose everything that's connected to your, that's on your, right. uh, your back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I am. Um, I'm very invested in not fast traveling just because like fast traveling i lose i don't get to play the game for a while right um like the game is just moving from place to place and honestly a big part of this game is just to like 
take a step back and really just like look at these vistas because the game looks incredible. Like, I don't know what they're doing to this game, but it looks really good. Uh, Just like looking out on these planes. I don't know. I just you see so many vistas and every game is trying to like look the best. But something about this game, I think it might be the engine they're making it on or something, but it really, it stands apart and it just, it looks like just uniquely like serene and empty and the colors they're using. Like, I just love looking at it. I think it's the same engine they used to make horizon zero dawn. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it, it feels that's like the most similar like yeah. comp for sure. I think it's one of the best looking games I've ever seen. And it should be if you're just if a large part of it is you just trucking, you know, you just trucking down the roads. One thing that we had talked about a lot, like every time Jared's in the show and also just me and Jared talking about games for Wisecrack stuff is like the sort of a Ludo narrative dissonance or Ludo narrative like synchronicity. And this game extremely has like a real coherent Ludo narrative situation going on in the sense of like. It's about creating connections and it has like a weird, this asynchronous multiplayer, this like weird kind of built in mechanic and built in ethos that makes you want to create connections, not just within your game, but with other people's games. Um, so this like more than almost any game I've played in like, I don't know, bajillions of years feels like top to bottom to have like a single idea uniting like every single thing that happens. Totally. I mean, not not since like God of War and even God of War kind of biffed that a little bit. But God of War is definitely the closest any game has come in a long, long time Yeah, to being quite as like ideologically coherent. Every single element is about selling unity connection. I mean, even the BTs, the little their feet are just handprints, you know, Uh, Norman Reedus, his character has a thing. I don't know if you guys have. This isn't really a spoiler like, but he doesn't let people touch him. Mm -hmm. I imagine that's probably going to change by the end. Um, (laughs) He's got he's got handprints like seared into him. Everything is just about reaching out, connecting, touching or not touching. Yeah, maybe it's an anti-touch game. Maybe touching is what got everyone into this mess. I think it's that they stopped touching and they need to start again. That's I bet it's probably what it's going to be. That's way more true. Um, yeah. I Speaking of just, I guess, Norman Reedus and his bod, the motion capture and the face stuff looks great. Yeah. Looks like Yamato Toro. Looks like Norman Reedus. Like, yeah, it's looking good. It is looking good. I wonder if Guillermo del Toro was even ever there because it just seems that they're using his likeness. And uh-huh. someone else is voicing him because doesn't Guillermo del Toro have a really thick accent? Yeah, you're right. It may be a different voice actor. Well, they, I, when the character was introduced, it was like, what is, I don't remember what the character's name is, yeah. but the character's name and then parentheses Guillermo del Toro and then someone else's name who's the voice actor. Ah, I thought that name was the the, the actual name of the character in the video game and that Oh, you mean like not his code name? Yeah, not his code name, okay. but just like his real name. No, I don't think Guillermo del Toro voices himself. <laughs> yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but even even without the voice acting, like this is the first game where like the fact that there are like actors and known people in it like actually matters to me and is effective to me. Do you know what I mean? Like in a lot of games you can have famous people doing voices and stuff, but it never really reads to me as those people and I just don't really care. And in this game, because the mocap is so good, because people sound so good, because the face stuff is so good, it's like, oh, cool that that's Gamer del Toro. Or cool that Coden O'Brien is here. Or cool that Junji Ito shows up for a second. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, w- I would say I didn't feel that way about 
Guillermo del Toro simply because it was just his likeness. But yes, on Norman Reedus and yes, on Mads Mikkelsen. Yes. His fucking scenes are awesome. Yes. Uh, I'm excited to see uh, what Mads is up to in this game because I've only Mad seen him in Mads. Weird, weird flashes of him so far. Yeah. Um, some stray observations uh, that are just perfect. Uh, when you go and take a piss, there's a TV ad on the trailer. Uh, I mean, on the stall uh, for a Walking Dead type show called Ride. Yeah. What's up with that? I couldn't <laughs> tell if that was real or not. It's a full troll. Uh, okay, because I didn't know if it was another thing like this. I think it's good. Oh, like an actual part of product placement of some kind. Um, I think it's an actual diss on The Walking Dead. I don't know. Like, it looks silly as hell because Norman Reedus is on a bike, as he's wont to do. And but there's like a weird Godzilla on the back, like, uh, like riding with him. Uh, And then it just says ride AMC. I haven't watched The Walking Dead in many, many seasons, so I couldn't really tell if this is some deep intertextual joke, but... (laughs) It has the AMC logo on it, which makes me think like, yeah. oh, well, they wouldn't just be throwing shade that clearly, would they? Right. Yeah. I, I will say I don't think The Walking Dead has a Godzilla in it. <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't seen it for a while, but I'm willing to bet that that's a. Uh, I think if that were a plot development, we would have heard about it. Uh, it's like season eight, Godzilla <laughs> comes, kills all the zombies, so everyone's just chilling like for the yeah, rest of Godzilla's it. Godzilla's like pretty cool and can fit on a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, you see it a lot, so it's hard to forget. Yeah. It's there all well, the time. Well, if you decide to poop a lot. Yeah, well, of course, because, uh, I mean... You gotta get those bombs. Yes, so you make weapons, bombs... Out of your excrement, your own piss and shit. Yeah, but when you're at my point of the game, you really just you mostly use the blood ones. Okay. Have, have you gotten to that point? No. Not getting the blood ones yet? Okay. No. So you're just doing blood transfusions. Well, because I don't want to. Yeah. Well, I'll just spoil this little baby yeah, dude, thing. Don't, don't worry about spoiling stuff. Okay. The blood, the blood is what allows you to kill the BTs. For sure. Your blood can kill them. Yeah. So I'd rather just kill them than just make them run away. Right. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm excited to bleed all over some ghosts. Fuck yeah. Very soon. That's um, such a classic sentence to say. And, and yeah, and finally, I think the inclusion of the monster energy drinks, uh, the fact that they replenish your stamina, the fact that they're just so brazenly put there. I don't think it's just product placement. I think it's an ode to gamers. I think this game is for gamers. Should have been I, balls then. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think it's the perfect little wink and i love it um i love that it's always there it's not just in one part of the game it's a main thing no one questions it it's incredible yeah some people really hate it because they're mad about the product placement element of it but i just find it to be like so much such a goofy tonal thing in a game that has so many strange tonal notes and this game is only for gamers like no one no one who just plays Madden and Call of Duty is picking this game up. Yeah. This people the people the people who play this game and seek it out are people that are like looking for that weird experience. They're looking for that Kojima thing. And so the Monster Energy is like speaking directly to those people. Yeah, I mean for me, look, I I, I run an advertised advertisement supported business so i get it if it's a difference between like oh, okay if we put this drink in there we'll get to make the game versus not making the game. Mm-hmm. I'll take the game. For sure. Yeah. And I work for that advertisement supported business. So I also understand. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I still even, I like it. Like, even if it were like for free and nothing, it didn't actually matter at all. Like, 
I still think I'd think it was a funny note. Yeah. Like, even if there was no money involved, I think I'd still be fine with it. Cause I just think it's a weird choice, like a weird thing. Mm-hmm. And did I guys, love a weird thing. Did you guys play Final Fantasy 15? Yeah. There was, yes. uh, like, it wasn't Marushan Ramen. It was some cup, cup of noodles. Yep. Yeah. That was. Oh, but yeah. also the camping gear. They had branded camping gear. Oh, really? That I don't remember. It was like a very specific camping company that like stuck out of my brain. I forget what it was called, like Odell or something like that. Like, okay. I don't know. It was weird. Um, we lo- we love product placement if it looks good and it feels right. And this is one of those times where I'm loving it. Right. This is totally cool. But if I could have it my way, it would be more like <laughs> this and less like Tony Stark using Adele. Um, which is still for me the all-time worst product placement of all time Uh, where Tony Stark is like has his big sci-fi graphics lab but then there's a shot of him like sitting in front of like Adele from 2004 (laughs) and it's just like okay what are we doing here Um, in this case it just works so much better I love yeah it's like uh, if like uh, Batman went down to his bat cave and like got on uh, like um, a Microsoft Zoom or something like that Right, if Batman got into the Batmobile and it was just a Ford Taurus. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, any last notes before we go into a commercial break, gang? Um, I think I hit all my things. Jared, do you have anything you want to say about this game? It's, it's early still. You know, I'm sure we had, we'd have revelations about the ending. Yeah, I don't think I have anything to add. Perfect. All right, well, then we will come back right after this commercial break. Hey there, Internet. Welcome to another episode of the Game Boys Podcast. My name is Lux and I'm still your host and your host is still Griffin Davis. Your guest is still Jared Bauer and we are still talking about Death Stranding. Now as a part of the show, we rate that game. Boys, girls and friends beyond the binary. Jared, will start with you and give your final thoughts on this game and a rating on a scale of one to five joysticks. Man, so for people who haven't finished the game yet, I'm going to give I mean, I don't know if you guys do this, but I'm going to give a spread. Right, think I, I think right now for yeah. me it's a four to a five, depending yeah. on how it finishes out. Oh, we should do that for games we haven't finished. That's smart. Yeah, that's way smarter than our way of just saying we're gonna <laughs> review it again later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's very wise. So I'm gonna say four to five. Uh if it continues to kick ass like it is now, mm-hmm. and if the story is fulfilling and not overly Metal Gear Solid confounded Kojima craziness, it'll probably hit that five. Mm-hmm. Um, Griff, you want to go next? Yeah. Um, like I said at the top, I think Hideo Kojima has been absolutely gaslit uh, by the press, by game gamer culture. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of fans and a lot of people who love him. But there's a lot of people that were saying this game was going to be a disaster. And it's actually far from that. It's a very unique experience. Uh, it's something that you seek out. Uh, it looks incredible. It has a very interesting gameplay. Um, it's got a crazy mood. Uh, I've got it's got weird moody parts. It's got parts that made me laugh. Um, and you know, it makes more sense to me than the last Metal Gear game I played. The I mean, first, come on, <laughs> <laughs> the first twenty hours of that Metal Gear game made no sense to me. The first all of the Metal Gear oh, yeah. games after None three make no sense, sense to anyone. Yeah. yeah, so if anything, I, this is his most coherent work yet. I, I mean, there they invented three D cameras. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there are mysteries, but you know there's basics I understand enough to like not be completely befuddled by the stakes of the situation. Uh, and 
I'll, and honestly, I got to play the game pretty quick. There's a lot of cinematics, but it wasn't that bad. I'm just having a great experience so far. Here are my concerns. I'm concerned that the missions are going to be repetitive. Um, maybe a little bit. Well, uh, I'll say that right now my girlfriend is on a work trip. So all I have to do is do the subs, the side quest, which I'm convinced never end. And it just depends on how, what your mood is like when you play the game. For me, like Lux was saying, the game is kind of relaxing. Yes. And if you're able to get on that wavelength, then maybe not. But you do get weapons. The okay. gameplay does change a bit. Cool. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's like people's only complaint about it is like some repetitive mission structure stuff. But I bet they're probably wrong. And I bet they're not truly opening their heart up to the potential of this game. I'm blown away by it. I was the biggest skeptic coming in. I'm giving it a range of 4.6 to 5. Damn. And we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks. Did you guys follow the, the quote unquote review bomb? the opening the weekend that it came out no. on metacritic yeah there were about it has like a 9.0 or something like that average critic score and the average fan score is like a six something because like half of the fans have just been tanking giving it a zero because i i don't i haven't checked it since the release weekend because as people have said the first 10 hours can be a bit rough maybe it's gone up since then but yeah i mean there are a bunch of people who are pretty upset over the game at yeah. least so internet people. So good, crazy good. to me because this game is like exactly why I play video games. <laughs> like this is like not even, not even like trying to be hyperbolic here, but like the reason I like to play video games is because they like can talk about ideas and do things in a way that other mediums can't and like have a sort of ambition and have like a sort of wider horizon for experimentation than basically any other like medium of art these days. You know, like if you go to the movies, you're never going to see anything nearly as crazy and ambitious as this fucking game. Um, even if you read books, like most books aren't like that. Like there's just not really a place where things are like this much of like a full, like crazy shot in the dark and like have this much like a tourist energy to them, really. Um, and like, that's what I love about about video games and about like just this whole game, like this game sort of problematizing certain mechanical things and making me question assumptions I have about video games generally and make, but in a way that is fun and looks cool. And like the way that it like slow drips you mechanics and slow drips you information that keeps you going for it. And like all that is just like extremely the best shit to me. Um, so like, I'm just going to go out there and say, I'm just going to give this a five yeah. until, further, until further notice. A like, range of five to five. Yeah. Like I just can't, unless like, the game truly starts to suck in some way that I can't really conceptualize right now. I just don't think I'm going to like it any less because like at every point I'm like, Oh, I want to make a bunch of ladders for my invisible friends. I don't know. Yeah. And then when I get bored of doing that. I'm like, I'll hop on my motorcycle and drop off these CDs or whatever. <laughs> and then like, uh, then if I get bored doing that, I'm just like, Oh, I'll go do the main quest line. And like, everything yeah. is cool and fun and interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and at no point do I feel like I'm just like, I don't want to feel like I'm just checking boxes. I always feel like I'm adventuring like this is actually a this is a way to put it is I was talking to a friend of the show Forrest about the new Pokemon game and Forrest was like, what I love about Pokemon is that it's just about checking boxes. Like, do I have this Pokemon? Yes. Check. Do I have these four types? Check. Yes. Which is like the opposite of how I play it. Like I play Pokemon games to like explore and get in trouble and have to like train up Pokemon and find my way out of a big problem. And this game gives me that same kind of energy of like, I'm exploring a world and solving problems and figuring stuff out in a way that is like exhilarating to me. 
Um, and I don't get that from very many video games. And so that's why this is like a decisive five for me, because it's like that's the best way a video game can make me feel. And this game does it often. Yeah, let's be real. It's probably game of the year. I mean, there's a lot of other great games that have come out this year, but they are they are evolutions or sequels or takes on formats that we've been very familiar with. This is probably the most unique good game that's come out this year. Do you guys have a public list of your top games of the year so far? Oh, God. No, they're always no, annoying. We figure that out at the end of the year for game okay. of the year episode. Please don't stress us out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was that. That was that. Um, before we get to the end of the show, let's ask Jared the question. We've all been asking everyone. Jared, Who's watching, Who's watching the, Watchmen? the Watchmen? And is it you? I am watching The Watchmen. Wow. Yeah. Oh, for the first time Incredible. with a guest who's watching. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Uh, up to date? Up to date. Just just watched episode five yesterday. If you have not watched The Watchmen, skip Spoilers. three minutes. Uh, what do you think? What's your what's your thoughts on The Watchmen? So after the first episode, I was, I think, like a lot of people, a bit confused. It seemed like a very, yeah. very audacious take on the, a graphic novel that I'm pretty familiar with i've read it twice and by the second episode i think i got it and i was in and i'm enjoying it hmm. i'm enjoying uh, every episode i don't know if it's going to come to any kind of a definitive or fulfilling conclusion i think it's probably going to be like a lot of like huh but i'm digging it and i don't really like damon lindelof like i i could not get through the first season of the leftovers um, having said that, I know a lot of people whose opinions I respect say that I got to revisit it. You just and have to skip I will season one. Day. Yeah, I think both Griffin and I are advocates of skip, skip season one. Just watch skip two season three. one entirely because they restart the show. Oh, really? It's a basically it's a basic restart. It's basically, they, a hard, they move, basically a hard reset. They move yeah. to a new town and then add a new cast ensemble. Oh, wow. It's like a whole reset. Like season one barely factors in. Mm. Um, yeah, the Watchmen episode five was pretty good. I'm still in my space of like bouncing back and forth when signing thinking it's it's like ideologically kind of a mess and like it doesn't seem like it has any interest in the original thing at all. But also, I don't know if that's like a disqualifying set of facts, you know? Yeah. Like it's still pretty fun and pretty watchable. But every time I'm watching it, my brain gets filled with questions that are driving me insane. Yeah. Um, but that may just be me and not the show. Well, I'm curious as what to what you mean by both of those points, because I was able to actually find some justification for saying like, oh, OK, this actually is continuing in the spirit of the first one. Well, or of, of the graphic novel. It feels to me like largely it's not sort of concerned with the bigger concepts that make superheroes good or bad. It's just interested in are superheroes good or bad or like what does society look like if superheroes and cops and stuff. Um, so like, for instance, tying all of the superheroes to like the institution of police stuff to me feels weird. I, except for Ozymandias, who's like off on Mars or whatever, doing his own thing. Um, mm. But and and uh, Dr. Manhattan, of course. But like tying the stuff to the cops feels strange to me and feels so like separate from the institutional critique of the original. Um, the way that Lori kind of works with her like guns and her attachment to Dr. Manhattan seems like totally just throwing out like the ending of the of the book. Stuff like that just feels really like there's no way that dildo was realistically that size. Um, I think, that, <laughs> I think well, actually that's a, the one part that does make sense. It's he's a god. He he's can just change the size of his dick. No, I but it's proportional to his body, and he knows because he's a god that you don't need a dick that big. That it can be you know more average or even below average. 
<laughs> yeah, I guess you're, it's allowed. Anyone can. Uh, I think uh, for me, the experience of watching The Watchmen is like accidentally falling into like a Twitter reply thread where someone with like really confusing politics like keeps replying in weird ways to what I'm saying. Like I, I, I just cannot track its like stance on like guns, police violence, white supremacy. Cause like, it's kind of all like mishmash together. Uh, and then on top of all that, like, I think anyone who has not read the book and seen the movie at this point is probably deeply confused about a lot of stuff on this show. It's so funny because Amanda who works with us, she works here full time. She has not read the book, not seen the movie, and loves the show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, interesting. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. Oh, weird. And she and she even said to me, she's like, or I was explaining to her some of the things she was missing out on not being aware, and she was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense, because I was sitting there thinking, wow, it's amazing how much they're not holding our hand through this. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm like, what do people even like fully understand the stakes and consequences of things? I don't know. It's just it's a confusing show and it's just not as immediately, obviously, like good as as the leftovers. Um, I will say Jeremy Irons is a great Ozymandias. Yeah. Better than whoever the fuck played him in the movie. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I which, agreed on that front. Oh, which, wait, I was way, wondering, Jared, what did you when you say that you you have like you got locked in what it's doing? What is what is what it's doing? To yeah, your so, brain? To, so to me. When she goes in, so basically I was like, okay, why are they contextualizing Watchmen in the logic of America's history of racial injustices? And then I thought, you know what? I guess if Alan Moore's Watchmen was one of its legacies is it was like this first attempt at at applying psychological realism to superhero narratives. And if you think about it, this idea of masked vigilanteism, the most real life version of that we have is the KKK. So in terms of continuing in the tradition of realistically portraying masked vigilanteism, I think that it's actually a very astute topic for Watchmen to tackle. Hmm. Yeah, I think that that checks out to me. It's the it's the cops part that bugs me more. But things are developing floating around today. Uh huh. Oh, uh, the 2007 interview where he makes that exact that says the exact thing that you just said about uh, superheroes about there's a, about the a KKK. Really, yeah, he's not talking about the show. He's talking about. Uh, yeah, he's talking about it's like a, from 2007 interview, but it's resurfaced because of all the Marvel is and cinema stuff where he talks about how, like, he's concerned with the infatuation with superheroes because, like, they're a reiteration of a power fantasy that begins with, like, the KKK and hoods and masks. Birth of a Nation, first superhero movie. Yeah, exactly. That's what he says. What a what a smart and maybe crazy guy. Yeah. Um, love him. Well, I, so, as, as far so as the much. police thing, I think that things are changing, uh, especially with this last episode. So I'm going to be interested to see where all this lands yeah. and if there really is as clear of a defined uh, opposition between like the racist Rorschachs and the just cops. I don't think it's going to be that black and white by the end for sure yeah, that's why I, that's basically why i've been watching because yeah. it's sort of it's sort of desire for institutions to be good and cool is so anti-original watchmen but it's like it can't you can't do that well the it leader of the, but, but they revealed that the leader of the cops was an underground klansman so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that was good and they and, uh, and you know they got christopher malasanti in a in a squid oh, commercial yeah. Yeah. i mean come hey, on hey hey griffin 
Squid pro quo. Squid pro squid pro quo. Hey, uh, did you know that he is the winner of the uh, of the chopped uh, all star celebrity tournament? Whoa, yeah. big get for Watchmen. Wow. Yeah. 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 You know how we like our squid now? Mike Michael Imperioli. Yeah. Chopped <laughs> champion. Chopped champion. Chopped, chopped tournament champion. Wow. Well, him and Drew McGarry. First McGarry. credit. Yeah. <laughs> like way, way down. There's an IDB credit for our oh. Sopranos. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I think that just about wraps us up here. Jared, what would you like to plug? Yeah. I would plug our YouTube channel, Wisecrack. Hit up our Medium page. We're doing articles, medium.com slash Wisecrack. We're probably going to do a video on Death Stranding at some point, which Lux we can talk about on Thursday or earlier than that. Um, and yeah, you can listen to more Lux on our South Park podcast, Respect Our Authorita. We still got three more seasons left, three more episodes of this season left, excuse me. That's about it. All right. Uh, Griff, you got anything this week? Uh, no, nothing this week. Go to Game Boy's Pod. Lux is making all sorts of uh, video content for you goblins. Yeah, I'm making a slop for the piggies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, for me, aside from my pig slop that I'm making, um, definitely check out Wisecrack. I have a lot of stuff that I'm directing coming out the rest of this month. Um, also, one that just came out about the Smash Mouth. Is it deep or dumb? Which I, I like how that video came out, even if the topic is pretty silly. um but yeah i checked that one out that one was pretty fun um but also it is that time of year again and by year i mean every three months where i ask you to donate to the wrestling show that i work on that's party world wrestling you can do so by going to igg.me slash at slash wassailmania which is spelled w-a-s-s-a-i-l mania it's a it's our weird christmas show (laughs) and it is going to be nuts and then there's three q's and then a tilde and then an upside down moon emoji don't listen to griffin those aren't in it it's a igg.me slash at slash wassailmania w-a-s-s-a-i-l-m-a-n-i-a it's going to be sweet. You can get a T-shirt or sweatpants or a sweater or uh, I think a fanny pack, maybe maybe a scarf. I can't remember, but there's lots of cool stuff. And we have a cool videos coming out on the Party World Wrestling Facebook page uh, several times a week for the next couple of weeks. So check those out. And remember to check out producer Haley's Instagram at Eat Every Sound, where there's really cool ASMR stuff that you will enjoy if you like ASMR stuff or even if you don't, because it's really cool. Then that's going to do it for us this week. My name is Lux. I'm your host, your co-host Griffin Davis. Your guest is Jared Bauer. Your editor and producer is Haley Clement. Your intro and outro music by Matthew Morton. Your artist by Brittany Metz. Goodbye, Internet. We love you very much. That's Stranding.